The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Let's come before God in prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we give thanks for this earth that you provide for us. We thank you for the sun and the moon and the stars, for fresh air, for trees, for animals and for each other. Lord, you give us all these things freely. We don't have to pay for any of them. You've just given them to us. We think of the smallest microbe that uh, cannot be seen by human eye and uh, we also think of the largest mammal, the blue whale, and uh, how you've made these in such an intricate way and sustain them. And so, Lord, we... We know that you are the centre of this world, that you have made it, you sustain it uh, and you desire us to come and praise you as our God and maker. Lord, we, we pray for this world. Even though you've made a perfect world, man has spoilt it in so many ways because of his sin. And so, Lord, we think of conflicts within this world We think of the conflict that continues and has continued for many years in the Middle East and um, we see the uh, spread of radical Muslimism or Muslims within uh, not only our community here in Australia but throughout Europe and many other parts of the world and we dismay at that. But we pray for, for those people. We pray for all people in this world whether they recognise you as Lord and Saviour or not. And and we come to you with heavy hearts when we think of um, so many things that are done in anger, so many things are done to cause pain to other people, to get other people back for what they've done to us and yet you are such a forgiving God that you sent your son to die on the cross. So Lord, we, we come before you and we, we think of Africa, we think of the um, Ebola virus that's spreading and those people who have gone out to, um, as uh, medical staff to uh, train people and, and help 
those who are suffering from this deadly disease. We also think, Lord, of Africa and, and people who have been um, taken away, Christian people who have been taken away by a radical Muslim group called Boko Haram. And we pray for them and their families. They don't know what's happened to them. We don't know what's happened to them. Lord, and we just pray for them that uh, even in that time that, that your word will somehow spread to those people. Um, we pray for those people who have been um, had family members killed through the bombings in, in uh, Europe and um, we just um, pray that good things will come out of these terrible things that happened in this world, that uh, your love will continue to flow out despite um, the devil's attempt to crush you. He will never do that. So Lord, we just pray for those people who are, who are weeping for lost ones, who are afraid to perhaps come out of their houses for um, they fear attacks by others. So Lord, we, we pray for those people who work as peacemakers in this world. We ask that um, you will work through them to uh, come to peaceful resolutions in these situations, Lord. Um, we pray for this country of Australia. We are a very blessed country. Lord, we pray for our politicians, both federal, state and municipal. We pray for our Prime Minister and his ministers. May they make good decisions for this country as a whole, both for those people who voted for them and for those people who didn't. Lord, we pray for the opposition and uh, the opposition leader, that they may also work for the good of this country. Lord, we we pray for the lawmakers of this country, that they may make good and just laws. Um, and we pray for those who enforce the law. Lord, we think of those police men and women, whether they happen to be state or federal. We think of situations that they come in contact with during their daily lives. Um, they visit accidents. They, um, they're in situations where they have to go, go and tell people that their loved ones have died. They have to cope with all sorts of problems and things that perhaps we never face, but they do. So we pray for them and we pray for Christian people who work as police men and women, um, that you may spread your love to those people as well and enable them to be gentle and kind and loving to those who are in a, a real state of pain and anguish. Lord, we pray for our the church worldwide. We pray for those people who go out as missionaries into hostile environments. We pray that you would sustain them, that they would see that you are leading them onward, uh, leading them in a way that um, is correct, that, that they would be sympathetic for that, to those people who they come in contact with and show forward your love. Um, we can only do that and, and we, we can see that we hope that people will see the love of God through us, through our, the way we speak to others, the way we act, the way we react to things that um, 
the slings and arrows of our enemies. So we just pray for those people who, who go into difficult situations and um, stand up for you in those situations, Lord. Lord, we pray for our immediate church community here. We pray for our two ministers who are away on leave. May they uh, have a restful time with their family and friends and relations and may they come back here refreshed once again to lead us through this year of 2015. And we thank you, Lord, for their dedication, Um, how they... uh, come week by week, how they go out and visit those who are sick, they go out and perform funerals Um, and there's so many things that they and their families do that we do not know as a congregation. So we thank you for them and their wonderful work in this church and this community. We thank you that you have called them to this service uh, for us and the wider community. Lord, we, we pray for those who We'll particularly pray for Don McCamley, who has lost his wife, uh, Belle, this week. We pray for um, his trust in you, despite the hurt and the pain that he must be going through at this time. We pray for uh, your wonderful strength. May he hold on to you. May he hold on to passages in your word which will sustain him. And we pray for others in this congregation who are struggling with ill health, who are struggling with age, um, who are struggling with family issues, who are struggling with um, perhaps psychological problems. Uh, They may be struggling with work situation, the work situation that they're in. Lord, we don't know what's going on in people's lives, but we just pray for them that you would touch them, that you would help them and guide them on in their life with you. Lord, we pray for the younger members of the congregation who are a finished study and are going into something new. Lord, we pray that uh, their hard work may be rewarded, that they may get into the uh, courses that they want to get into. Um, So we think, Lord, of people who are entering university. We think of those who are going into secondary schools. We think of those who are going into primary schools and even those little ones who are perhaps starting kindergarten, you know, and, and we think of them too and the new things that they're going through and the struggles that they may have. May they um, be sustained by you. May they meet others who will sustain them as well in a Christian sense um, because they enter a hostile world as we know it is. Lord, we pray for families. We pray for husbands and wives that they may love each other and sustain each other and care for each other. We pray for children. May they um, look to their parents for guidance and may the parents give them good guidance, good spiritual guidance as they go through life. Uh, We don't know how our children will turn out and it's a great joy when we find that uh, they are followers of you. And um, we thank you for your wonderful guidance in their lives. Um, We can only point them in the right direction, but the Holy Spirit is the one that touches them and carries them on. So we thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in our families in this church. We we pray for those looking for um, 
as I said before, jobs and, and so many things in their lives that are going on. And Lord, we pray for ourselves. Help us to come to you, Lord, day by day and hour by hour and minute by minute. And we thank you for your word. Um, I'd just like to read, I'll just say amen, I'd just like to read in, in uh, conclusion, I was looking at Psalm 121 and I thought this was really wonderful uh, psalm which says this, and I'm sure we'll know it, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, who watches over Israel will never slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Amen, and we thank you for that word. Good morning, all. We're going to be uh, going through Psalm 23 now, so if you have that opened in your Bibles, that would be uh, good. Let us pray. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, be with us today as we read your Holy Word. Help us to understand it. Write your words on our hearts that they will be a comfort and a blessing to us drawing us ever closer to you. Amen. Well, uh, the Golden Globes have been awarded now and the Oscars are just around the corner. I'm not sure if you watch those at all and I'm not really much of a fan myself because the speeches just so often seem to be emotionless and just lists of names of people to thank. They sometimes go like, I'd like to thank my family, the producers, the directors, the caterers, the drivers, the people that just helped me out, blah, 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 blah. And then they play the music and on come the next presenters. But occasionally there is a truly heartfelt speech. Something more like, I would like to thank my wife who has been by my side all this time. You have been my, not only my support, but you have been my inspiration. Have you noticed when they focus on someone that means a lot to them, they start by talking to the crowd. They talk to everybody. But then they begin to focus on the person themselves, the person that has given them much support. If their partner is in the audience, they'll look directly at them and they'll talk to them. And perhaps if they're not in the audience, they'll stare at the TV camera and so that on the other side, the person they're thanking can, can hear it and experience it like they were talking directly to them. They are in one respect still talking to the crowd, but in another respect, they are having a deeply personal conversation. A conversation that not only gives thanks but reveals the closeness of a relationship 
that has lasted for some time. And in Psalm 23, in many ways, it's a heartfelt thank you speech. It begins with David speaking to the crowd in the first few verses, but then his attention is grasped by God himself and then he begins to speak directly to him. You can see it in David's words. Talking to the crowd, he said, The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He guides me in paths of righteousness. But then his eyes are drawn to the Lord and he says, You are with me. You prepare a table for me. The way in which this psalm is written is personal and thankful. David expresses a relationship with God that is deep, a relationship that is, an, is emotional, a relationship that is strong. How is your relationship with God? Is it like David's? Can you say, the Lord is my shepherd? And when you look at your life, do you see God at work in the same way in which he worked in David's? David, of course, was the king of Israel. He was the head of a kingdom that held a very large territory and had begun to pull in riches from the nations around him. He had defeated Israel's enemies on, the border, from, on all sides. He uh, defeated them from the front line as a soldier, as a commander and eventually as king. He was victorious and he was loved by his people. He had a lot to be thankful for, but he knew who he had to thank. Psalm 23 begins, The Lord is my shepherd. And these are very famous words. And when we think of the words, The Lord is my shepherd, they come from this psalm. But it's a very odd way for the king of Israel to begin. Because when David says, The Lord is my shepherd, he is saying, I am the sheep. A sheep is thoroughly dependent on the shepherd. They are not the most intelligent of animals and totally defenceless. What can they do if they get stuck in a ditch except starve? What can a sheep do if it's attacked by a wolf except become food? What can they do if they find themselves without grass to eat or water to drink? They aren't independent and self-reliant at all. It's the opposite. So this is King David mighty king of all Israel, a great warrior and he calls himself helpless and defenceless. Isn't that strange? On the other hand, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. If you're going to be helpless and defenceless, there is no better shepherd. David is saying he has the best shepherd of all, the Lord who made the heavens and the earth, the Lord God himself, the creator. He is David's shepherd. So David isn't saying I attribute my life to my own doing. He doesn't get up and say I'd like to thank my generals, the army, the guys who bring me food, the guys who keep my sword sharp. He says I am defenceless and helpless. He says my life is only what it is because God himself is my shepherd. I am looked after. I am cared for by the Lord of everything. So what does the Lord do as David's shepherd? We see three things. In Psalm 23, 
we see that the Lord is David's provider. He is David's protector. And in the Lord, David's future is secure. So first we see the Lord provides. Verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. For a sheep, this is a picture of bliss. Green pastures for eating, quiet waters for drinking. The sheep are even lying down. It's a picture of total satisfaction. The sheep have been provided for and they aren't missing anything. I shall not be in want. When we think of these words, we think of the situation of the sheep and how happy they must be. But did you notice where the happiness comes from? He makes me lie down. He leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. It is the Lord who is the provider of all. Food, water, rest, total satisfaction. Everything the sheep needs, the Lord provides. Everything David needed, the Lord provided. It's not too hard to see the Lord's provision in David's life. David's life is a remarkable one. He began life as a shepherd, the youngest son in a large family, but he was anointed to become the next king of Israel. He defeated Goliath and commanded many victories over the Philistines. He gained the love of the people and he became king and had victories over the enemies all around him. But in all of this, David looks back on his life and says, the Lord did it. Without him I would not have been anointed. There would be no victories. I would not be king. The Lord provided. The Lord is my shepherd because he has provided everything. And why does the Lord provide for David? Verse 3 tells us why. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's not for David's sake. It's not even for Israel's benefit. It's not for the good of the nation. It's because David belongs to the Lord and the Lord's name is at stake when it comes to his welfare. David is a sheep who belongs to the Lord and therefore God himself takes care of him because if he doesn't, it's God's reputation. The condition of the sheep reflects the care that the shepherd has for his sheep. The Lord, of course, upholds his own name. And David says, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my provider. The second thing we see is that the Lord protects. With all this provision and the Lord's name at stake, surely life for David must have been plain sailing. Well, it wasn't, was it? David faced crisis after crisis in his life. He needed the Lord not only as his provider but as his protector. Verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The valley of the shadow of death is the deepest, darkest place in your life. It is those moments where there seems to be no way forward and no way back when you have been surrounded by darkness and feel so alone. 
It is trouble and strife. It is depression. It is the loss of loved ones and the threat of death itself. And it is at these times that the Lord protected David. After David led Israel to many victories, King Saul became jealous and tried to kill David. David fled. And at these times David really saw that the Lord protected him. One time, for example, David was being pursued by Saul. Uh, He was on one side of the mountain and Saul was on the other and Saul was catching up. And just when all hope seemed to be lost, a messenger arrived to tell Saul that the Philistines were attacking in another area and Saul had to give up the chase. And David was saved. And it happened often. The Lord protected him when he fled to Gath. The Lord protected David from Saul's spear. The Lord protected even David's family by keeping them safe with the king of Moab. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my provider and he is my protector. In verse 4 it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff represent the rule of the shepherd over the sheep. The staff and rod can be used for keeping enemies at bay but inasmuch as they can be used for defence of the sheep against their enemies, they can also be used for discipline of the sheep. Sheep don't always know what's good for them. One might spot a flower or a patch of green by the side of the road and in pausing for it, they might stray away from the flock. Such impulses can lead them into danger as they stray further and further away. In such circumstances, does a good shepherd leave the sheep to wander? No. A shepherd that cares for his flock will bring down his staff on the sheep's side and get it back to the flock, get it back on the right track. The sheep needs protection from itself and the shepherd's discipline is a kindness. Without discipline, the sheep would wander away and be lost. The sheep could perish. And there were times like this in David's life too. There was a time when he ordered that the warriors of Israel be counted. David was straying here. He was beginning to think that the number of men he had was more important than the Lord's hand in battle. Perhaps even in a way he was beginning to check on the Lord's promises that Israel would be a great nation. He was warned by others. Others said this is the census is not honouring to God. But David persisted to wander off the right path and God's discipline was heavy. He was forced to choose between famine, war and plague for his own people, the people he loved. This was discipline for the king. And it was not the only time David received discipline from the Lord. When he committed adultery and murder, he was also disciplined by the Lord. When David strayed from the right path, The Lord brought him back. There is comfort in the rod and the staff, not only because it is defence against our enemies, but because the Lord protects us when we stray. He cares for us to discipline us and keep us on the right path. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my provider. He is my protector even from myself. 
The third thing is that in the Lord, David's future is secure. David's passion and emotion lifts another level as he begins to reflect on the power and might of Almighty God in his life. With the Lord as his shepherd, his future is secure. In verse 5 he says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. At the beginning of the psalm it talked about sheep in green fields and we usually imagine this is some kind of paradise, a place where there are no enemies. That's not really the way you should read it. In David's time, these were not fenced off fields. The fields where the sheep grazed were were the wild and there were enemies, lions, wolves, bears. Predators don't wander aimlessly in in the desert. They go to the watering holes. They go to the green fields, the areas where the sheep are. The sheep are not fed in a safe environment. Danger lurks. But the shepherd protects. The sheep are secure. David himself did not live in a safe world. There was nearly always trouble and strife, but amidst all of this, David is safe. He has been provided for while he is surrounded by danger. It's because the Lord is preparing the table. David says, even though danger abounds, the Lord provides and he provides well. Even David's enemies know that he has been provided for. They can see that God is working in his life but they are powerless to do anything about it. The Lord protects and the Lord provides and so David knows his future is secure. He goes on to say in verse 6, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is David's shepherd and he will never abandon him. His future is secure. There is nothing that will stop the Lord's care over David. The Hebrew word used here for follow can better be understood as pursue. It's the word they use when an army is pursuing another to conquer it. So you could say God's love for David will pursue him, track him down and conquer him. And he knows he will dwell with the Lord forever. David says, The Lord is my shepherd. He is my provider and he is my protector and my future is secure in the Lord. It's a really wonderful relationship that David has with the Lord. Wouldn't you like to have a relationship like David's? Don't you want to be able to say, The Lord is my shepherd? In our first reading today, we heard the words of Jesus, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is the shepherd. He is the provider and protector of his people and in him their future is secure. He says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you put your trust in him? Do you consider that you are the sheep, defenceless, incapable. Do you see that you are totally dependent 
on him for all things. To believe in the Son of God, to put your trust in him is to have him as your shepherd. The relationship that David had with the Lord is something that you can have through Jesus Christ. And there is no greater shepherd. But more than this, Jesus says, I lay down my life for the sheep. What he's talking about is what he died on the cross for us. He died to save us from our darkest valley, our sins, from our greatest enemy, death. He died that we might live, that we might have eternal life. Jesus is our provider and our protector. Now, no earthly shepherd would die for their sheep. I mean, you might die, save your sheep from this wolf, but tomorrow who will protect them? But Christ not only died for us, but he was raised from the dead. He has gone to prepare a place for us so that we can be with him in heaven. When you trust in him, your future is secure. And this is greater than what is said in Psalm 23. With eternal life comes the new heaven and the new earth where there is no more sin and there are no more enemies. No more will God be providing for us in the presence of our enemies amongst the dangers of a fallen world. There will be no more sin and no more enemies and no more danger, just the wonderful provision of the Lord God himself. The Lord is my shepherd, he is my provider, he is my protector and my future is secure in him. I like hearing people's testimonies of their coming to faith in Jesus Christ and what the Lord has done for them. You hear how the Lord has provided to them everything they have. The right job when they needed it, the right advice, the memory verse that springs to mind at just the right moment. And they talk about how the Lord's provision has lifted their eyes toward him. You hear about how they have also been through the darkest valleys. Divorce, depression, drugs, violence, physical pain, mental anguish and even the loss of loved ones. And then you hear about how the Lord has lifted them out of that dark valley and given them new hope. You hear of the dangers they faced, the temptations and the sins they committed. And then you hear how the Lord protected them and gave them new life. You can hear how the Lord has broken their spirit and soften their hearts and embrace them as his own children. And you hear how their hope is now eternal life with God their Father. Their relationship with God is not a distant one, but a personal one where their lives have been guided and shaped by the greatest shepherd. When David wrote Psalm 23, it seems to me to be a personal poetic, rich testimony of his own experience and knowledge of the Lord in his life. And this is why Psalm 23 is so dear to us. It's David's personal testimony. It is his personal praise to God. It reflects David's life and relationship with the Lord but it also reflects the relationship we have with our Lord Jesus Christ. 
the shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. He is our provider. He is our protector. And in him our future is secure. Let us pray. Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, how majestic is in your name.